everybody, and welcome to another episode of Traumatized. In this episode, we delve into the pivotal decision in my healing journey, a decision that signifies a fresh start untainted by the influence of the past. Basically, I'm going to talk about my decision to have a fresh start with a brand new therapist and a beef rundown and get into the story of why I choose to. Okay, so for a significant part of my healing journey, I had a therapist, a dedicated and compassionate guide who walked alongside me through my darkness of my trauma. However, this journey was marred by a unique challenge. My ex-girlfriend, a presence from my past, firmly believed she knew what was best for me, even more so than my therapist. Her presence cast a long shadow over my therapy sessions, leading to interference and influence that complicated my healing process. Her strong opinions and beliefs often collided with the therapeutic path my therapist and I were carving out. Recognizing the need for an unbiased form of therapy, free from external interference, I made a monumental decision to change therapists. This choice marks a fresh beginning in my healing journey, a journey where my well-being and healing take center stage away from external voices and influence. So in this episode, we'll explore the reasons behind my decision, the challenges it represents, and hopes it holds. I'll share the emotions and doubts and aspirations that come with embracing this fresh start and my quest for healing. Through my personal journey, I invite you to reflect on your own experiences and perhaps find resonance in the complexities of healing from trauma. It's a journey we undertake together, and I'm grateful to have you by my side. So let's embark on this episode, a tale of challenge, resilience, and the pursuit of healing free from external interference. In my past, I was in a relationship that lasted nearly four years, as you well know. With us living together for a year and a half, my partner came from a background of abuse, which deeply impacted her, leading to post-complex traumatic stress disorder, or CPTSD. During our time together, I experienced a relationship marked by manipulation and emotional abuse. It's important to note that my partner believed she had healed from her past traumas, but in reality, she was still grappling with unresolved issues. I share this personal experience with you, my audience, to shed light on the complexities of relationships, trauma, and healing. It's a journey that has profoundly shaped me, and I hope that by sharing my story, we can all gain insight into the challenges of navigating such dynamics and the importance of addressing unresolved trauma. A vital part of my healing journey was my previous therapist, a compassionate guide who walked with me through the darkest corridors of my mind. With his support, I began to unravel the tangled threads of my trauma exploring the caverns of my past and bringing long buried wounds to the surface. Together we navigated through my emotions, seeking clarity and crafting coping mechanisms. However, my healing past, my sorry, my healing path was not without its share of challenges. My ex-girlfriend held different views from my therapist, creating unique obstacles. The dissonance between their perspectives strained my healing process, but I have come to understand that healing must prioritize my well-being, my well-being above all else. Compounding these challenges was the emotional abuse I endured in my past relationship. It's a haunting chapter in my life, leaving both visible and hidden scars. Emotional abuse, as many of you have may know, leaves wounds that aren't always apparent, but do run deep. 
Two months after the breakup, I made a momentous decision. I moved out. This act of liberation ignited a fresh sense of purpose within me. The weight of anxiety that had clung to me like a shadow began to lift and a glimmer of hope, long obscured, began to shine through. Yet within this newfound hope looms a giant fear. The fear of repeating my past mistakes, particularly in choosing partners. The trauma of my previous relationship has left an in, in, indelible, indelible mark. Excuse me. My brain doesn't always think here. An indelible mark on my heart, making me hesitant to open myself to the possibility of love again. This fear is both my shield and my cage, holding me back from venturing into the world of dating. Enter my new therapist, a remarkable woman who specializes in trauma therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, EMDR, and has expertise in ADHD, which is perfect because I too, of course, have ADHD. And amazingly enough, she does as well. She represents a beacon of hope, guiding me towards the healing I deeply desire. So I'll just give you a brief rundown to CBT and EMDR here. Cognitive behavioral therapy, often abbreviated as CBT, is a widely practiced and effective form of psychotherapy that focuses on helping individuals understand and change their thought patterns and behaviors. It's based on the idea that our thoughts, feelings, and actions are interconnected. And by addressing and altering these connections, individuals can better can achieve better mental health and well-being. Here are the brief breakdowns of key components. One, cognitive aspect. CBT starts by examining your thoughts or cognitions. These are the ideas, beliefs, and perceptions you have about yourself, others, and the world. It helps you identify negative or distorted thought patterns, such as catastrophizing, expecting the worst, black and white thinking, seeing things as all good or all bad, or jumping to conclusions. The goal is to develop awareness of these thoughts and challenge their accuracy and helpfulness. Two, behavioral aspect. The second part of CBT focuses on behavior. It involves recognizing the actions or behaviors that result from your thoughts and emotions. CBT encourages you to experiment with new, healthier behaviors and coping strategies that can improve your mood and overall functioning. It's about breaking down overwhelming challenges into smaller, manageable steps, making change more achievable. Three, collaboration. CBT is strictly Sorry, it's typically a collaborative effort between you and a trained therapist. Together, you work to identify thought and behavior patterns that contribute to distress. Your therapist helps you set specific achievable goals for treatment and provides guidance and support as you work towards them. Four, skill building. CBT equips you with practical skills and tools to manage difficult emotions and situations. These skills include relaxation techniques, problem-solving strategies, and mindfulness practices. You learn how to apply these skills in real-life situations to reduce anxiety, depression, and other emotional challenges. Five, it's time-limited. One of the advantages of CBT is its time-limited nature. It's often structured to be a shorter-term therapy, making it more accessible and cost-effective. Many individuals experience significant improvement in their symptoms within a relatively short period. Six, evidence-based. 
CBT is backed by extensive research and has a strong track record of effectiveness for a wide range of mental health issues, including anxiety disorders, depression, PTSD, or CPTSD, and more. Its evidence-based approach means that therapists use techniques and strategies that have been proven to work. In summary, CBT is a goal-oriented, practical, and evidence-based approach to psychotherapy that empowers individuals to understand and change the way they think and behave, ultimately leading to improved mental health and well-being. It's a versatile tool in the field of mental health that can help individuals gain better control over their thoughts and emotions. EMDR promises to unlock the chains of trauma that have bounds that have bound me for far too long. It is a journey into my heart of my pain and a quest for resolution and an opportunity to rewire my emotional responses. So here's a quick breakdown of EMDR. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, commonly known as EMDR, is a specialized and highly effective form of psychotherapy used to create Uh, sorry, to treat individuals who have experienced traumatic events and are struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder, like PTSD or CPTSD, and other trauma-related issues. So here's an overview. Trauma processing. EMDR is designed to help individuals process and resolve traumatic memories and and their associated emotional distress. It recognizes that traumatic experiences can become stuck in the brain, causing ongoing emotional and psychological distress. Two, bilateral stimulation. One of the distinctive features of EMDR is the use of bilateral stimulation. This can involve side-to-side eye movements, tapping, or auditory tones. During an EMDR session, the therapist guides the client in engaging in this bilateral stimulation while focusing on the traumatic memory. Memory reintegration. The bilateral stimulation helps facilitate the brain's natural ability to process and integrate traumatic memories. As a result, the distressing emotions and physical sensations associated with the trauma are reduced and the memory is reprocessed in a more adaptive way. Phases of EMDR. EMDR typically involves multiple phases, including assessment, preparation, desensitization, and installation of positive beliefs and body scans. Each phase is designed to gradually lead the client towards processing and resolution of the traumatic memory. Evidence-based. EMDR is considered an evidence-based therapy supported by extensive research demonstrating its effectiveness in treating trauma-related conditions, including CPTSD and PTSD. Rapid movement. Many individuals experience significant relief and improvement in their symptoms relatively quickly with EMDR, often in a shorter time frame compared to other forms of therapy. In essence, EMDR is a specialized therapeutic approach that assists individuals in reprocessing and resolving traumatic memories by engaging the brain's natural healing processes. It can lead to a reduction in distressing symptoms, improved emotional well-being, and a greater sense of control over one's life after experiencing trauma. But let's not sugarcoat it. This fresh start doesn't come without its challenges. Trusting a new therapist is a formidable task, especially when past wounds run deep. 
opening up about the deepest recesses of my soul, exposing the raw wounds and confronting the specters of my past is daunting. Vulnerability is a battlefield that I have learned to tread carefully. And yet I understand that true healing often requires us to embrace discomfort. So through traumatized, I'm not merely sharing my story. I am inviting you to be a part of it. As I navigate this fresh start, I'll candidly share my experiences, my progress, and profound insights I gather along the way. But this is not about just about my narrative. It's about creating a community of survivors, caregivers, and seekers of healing. Together, we'll open our hearts and minds, engage with experts, listen to the stories of fellow survivors, and offer support to those embarking on their own journeys. This podcast serves as a sanctuary and is a place where the struggles we share become a source of strength. So here's the basis of this. It all began four years ago. It was a turning point in my life that I really never anticipated. My ex-girlfriend believed that there was something fundamentally wrong with me and our tumultuous relationship had reached a breaking point. And this was about six months in. And little did I know that this would mark the beginning of a profound journey towards self-discovery and healing. But it really felt like there was just a lot of road bumps and wrong turns, and it was extremely stressful. And, you know, I I think I designed... Well, I should say I created so much anxiety for myself that it was a slow and eventual breakdown and ending of the relationship. So, yeah. um, So picture this, you know, many nights filled with heated arguments and misunderstandings. Things that seemed trivial to me would trigger her an intense reaction. And at the heart of her frustration was a genuine concern for my well-being. And she believed that therapy was the answer. Well, so we think. In my mind, the only way to mend our relationship and silence her doubts was to seek professional help. So I basically said, okay, yeah, because I knew that if I didn't, that she would, you know, say, okay, then we're done, right? So it was more like an act of fear and trying to do whatever it took to make things work. So this is where it gets complicated. The very act of suggesting therapy triggered her more. She would overreact, and in turn, I would become overwhelmed. It was a vicious cycle of emotional turmoil, and it had me questioning my own sanity. Uh, I felt like I was walking on eggshells, uh, afraid that any misstep would bring our relationship crashing down. So you see, I had these big aspirations for a relationship. I believed that with an unwavering certainty that this was a love story, basically, that we would end in marriage and a lifetime together because... When we started, it felt perfect. Like, you know, I remember both of us saying adamantly many times that it was amazing how well we gelled and how perfect it felt and that we both knew it was meant to be kind of bullshit, right? Like, it was ridiculous. You know, you didn't, I didn't think so at the time, but now when I look back, it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, um, now, as I embarked on this therapeutic journey, I thought I would find clarity and solutions to the problems. But every time I stepped into the office, it felt like we were on a never-ending roller coaster. The topics were always just, the, you know, that we discussed were always shifting. Um, we never stayed on course. Uh, progress was quite elusive, and I was left in a constant state of confusion. 
And then what made things even more challenging was her relentless influence. She questioned his advice and, and she was basically convinced that she knew better. Uh, she believed that structural dissociation theory held the key to the healing. And because herself, she had experienced it. But I, deep down, I just wasn't entirely sold on this. And, but I was afraid to voice my doubts to her. Because, again, that would cause her to get all angry and, and, you know, manipulate me again. So throughout the turbulent period, I found myself caught in a web of self-blame. My friends who witnessed the emotional abuse and manipulation and the fights were unequivocal in their judgment. They told me that she was a bad person and that I need to either assert myself or end the relationship. But instead of taking their advice, I defended her actions, convincing myself that it was my fault and that she made valid points. I remember a number of conversations. It was, I could hear it in their tone and in their aspirin, you know, like a sigh or, or just the way that their tone of their voice was that they just thought I was crazy, that I was defending her when I should have been going, you know, you're absolutely right. And then taking the steps forward. But well, I was stuck in a, in a situation where I felt like I didn't have, this was the best it was going to be. And that if I left, then I wouldn't find anybody and I'd be alone. So it was, again, that in, in its own was a trauma and fear-related situation. Yeah, so it baffled them how I couldn't take a stand for myself and change the course of the relationship. And I remained in this trap uh, in a cycle of abuse, um, and I was unable to free, break free from the emotional turmoil. And then it was only when I finally, you know, gained strength to move out back in March that I began to see this reality from an unbiased perspective. Uh, I removed, I was removed from the constant influence and emotional chaos. And I made big discoveries about my ex-girlfriend's true self, her nature. And once the scales fell from my eyes and I was flooded with anger at myself for not recognizing the severity of the situation and earlier and taking action. It was, you know, I was pretty upset for a while because I should have known better, but this is what trauma does, right? Like when you're, when you're being abused and manipulated, you get to the point where you actually believe the person because that's the whole point is they're trying to break you down and make you feel that your opinion has no merit and that they're always right. Pretty pathetic. So as I look ahead, I am determined to rebuild. Um, I have decided, of course, to start with a new therapist, um, with a, pre- a fresh perspective and, and of course, without the interference of someone else's beliefs and doubts, also my ex-girlfriend, uh, I believe in the, in the healing power of therapy and I am confident that this is going to work, that it will lead me down a path of self-discovery and growth and true recovery. Like... This journey, it has been marked by a lot of tumultuous emotions and self-doubt and some painful revelations, but it has been a journey of resilience and self-awareness. You know, like I've learned in such a short period of time 
how to become more self-aware of how I'm feeling and the things that are going on around me. Some of it is a lot of self, you know, second guessing myself when it comes to things that I'm deciding to do or not do. And I guess in itself, that is a pro, uh, step, uh, uh, or sorry, stage that I'm going to have to work through and eventually get to a point where there's a lot less self doubt and second guessing and just following the gut feelings that I have. It's definitely not an easy journey. We all know that anybody who's been in any form of therapy for a lengthy period of time will automatically see the truth in this is that it's a slow journey and the only way to that you're going to be able to truly make any progress is you have to stay at it and work very hard at you know making this this these this healing step uh work really well now i know that it's not a simple procedure like unfortunately a lot of us can't necessarily afford to go to therapy, uh, f whether it's financial reasons, um, maybe they're with a partner that they never really get a chance to have free time from. Maybe th that's the kind of partner that feels like they always have to be with with you. Maybe it's a maybe they're paranoid. They could be selfish. You know, they could obviously just be a narcissist who who's just wanting to control you, and they feel that if you're on your own out and about that they don't have control and that maybe you're going to wake up and finally realize the truth and then they're going to you're going to leave them you know which is hopefully what you're going to do right but maybe that's why they don't leave you alone so it could be very difficult to find time to see a therapist now there are ways around that of course um I know where I live, there are emergency protection orders where you can have a judge uh, create a, like, it's it's a, you know, like, I can't think of the word off the top of the head where you're not allowed to be within a certain, certain f amount of feet or yards or whatever, like a restraining order. Yeah, there we go. So you could always get that, but then that means you have to move out. And I know for a fact that unfortunately for a lot of women uh, in a relationship that's abusive is they don't necessarily have a place to go. And the only places that really will work is a, a woman's shelter for abused uh, women. And they will keep you safe but when you leave, of course, if you have to go to work or you want to go and see friends, you are at risk, especially if your partner knows where you are. That's a really dangerous situation. But I'm kind of getting off track a little bit. I meant more to discuss the whole point of, you know, ways you can get to, to see therapists. So, yeah, therapy is definitely a good way to to get help and if you're deep and you've had very severe trauma and you feel hopeless and lost and it really gets in the way of being able to live any kind of a life uh, to handle and hold any kind of a job or be around anybody then you really do need to see a very qualified therapist who's going to be able to help you 
And for some people like myself, I do feel fortunate that I'm not suffering from a severe emotional and physical abusive relationship. Like if you were to put my level of trauma on a scale of one to 10, I would probably say it's between four and five. Like I'm already a very highly sensitive person when it comes to uh, situations and actions and emotions and physical and mental, you know, situations that go on every day. And I'm a very sensitive person when it comes to, you know, noticing any kind of activity. Like a lot of people, they just, they don't react much. I'm not saying that outwards I react. Like I, I don't necessarily get emotional in a physical sense, like crying or angry. Like I don't, I don't yell or, or, you know, explode outwards. I keep a lot of that inside because I learned at a very early age to just kind of keep it in because the consequences from letting out all of that out were not appropriate, not only within my family, but at things like school and society in general really teaches you to keep your feelings and your opinions to yourself unless they go along with the majority. Like if you're in a group of 10 and they want to start a group that is against like the right to choose, for example, and you're the one person who thinks that it's not okay and that it's you think that it's not right for a, a, a person to be able to make their own choices, voicing that opinion is going to be very unpopular and you're going to, it's going to risk having yourself kicked out of that group. You know, it's not fair and that sucks, but honestly, that is still reality today when you really look at it. So you look at it that way. Society has trained its people to, for the most part, not speak out and not voice their opinions if it doesn't go, or sorry, if it goes against the norm. And we need to not allow that anymore. Like if, if you're in an abusive relationship and you need to get out, if you, like, let's say you're with your friends and you want to confront him, you know, you can confront him or her about this, but it's a very touchy subject because unless you're, you no longer living with them or you're not, you know, you're, if you're by yourself, I really wouldn't recommend that. Uh, if you're still living with that person, definitely don't do something like that because all that's going to do is get them enraged and cause even more problems. I'm sure you've seen many examples in movies and you've read uh, different articles about the abused person. Uh, a lot of times it's the woman in the relationship that speaks out or finally rebels against their abusive partner and that partner decides, well, I'm going to get even with you and beats the shit out of her 
puts her in the hospital, gives her a bloody eye or a bloody nose and, and a black eye. Or even worse, there have been times where that partner has gotten so angry that they've killed them. And that's because the person who was being abused decided to speak up and confront their partner and it went completely wrong. That is definitely not what you want here. You know, nobody wants to, to have their abuser completely beat them up to the point where they have to be in the hospital or even worse, they end up being killed because, you know, they've lost control. And they're, that abusive partner is basically saying, how dare you? You know, like they want control and you speaking up against them and confronting them is taking that control away. And that's the last thing that they want to do is give up that control. So, yeah, in all reality, if you are able to see a therapist, go find one. But make sure you do some research. Make sure you find the right one for you. Don't just choose any therapist. That's not really a good thing because, first off, it's not free unless you have... Uh, an extremely good benefits package through work that covers it and it's unlimited so you don't have to worry about eventually running out of money then that's a little bit different but for those who only get maybe five six sessions or have to pay for the, the sessions through their entirely through their own money that they earn you don't want to waste money on someone who you're going to end up two sessions later going this isn't the right person i can't do this you know, I'm wasting money here. That's, that's not good because now you're, you're back at step one and you've already wasted like 400 bucks, right? There are other means. There's a, um, a varied level of paid based on what you can afford. There are, you know, people who are pro bono or don't, don't charge, but that's pretty hard to find. And unfortunately, sadly, there are some countries that don't really have any support at all for when it comes to mental health and finding any kind of a therapist is near impossible. And for those people out there who are in that unfortunate situation, I am very sorry that you are unable to get any kind of assistance. That really sucks. And I hope that someday you'll be able to find some way of getting help. So yeah, it... Being in an abusive relationship and having them influence you when it comes to your therapy is a lose-lose. Like You're never going to get anywhere because your therapist says one thing and then your partner says another. And one, you're getting confusion because there's two different opinions, two different thoughts, and now you don't know what to say. And... Sometimes you're afraid to tell the therapist what they've said, right? Like, I, I have a, this massive problem with conflict. And there were times where I didn't necessarily say to my therapist certain things. One, because sometimes I was afraid he was going to get upset. And, you know, you have to gain a level of trust with that therapist before you can truly say everything. And sometimes you, you know, I don't always know what I want to say. Like it, 
it's difficult. Like I'm, I've never been good with having all the information in my head at the time that it's being spoken. And sometimes I have wasted minutes just talking about something, just trying to get my point out. And it is my own fault, I guess you could say. I never really get, did a good job of preparing and I should have done a much better job of preparing for my therapy. But at the same time, when you're under the influence of someone who's abusive and claims that they're an expert, then it's, you know, it's almost like a lost cause. So hopefully you guys can find a way in, the, in your own time, in your own future, a very qualified therapist and hopefully you won't be in a situation where your partner tries to influence you and basically wastes your time. All right, everybody, that is the end of today's episode. I hope that this was a very, you know, ex, you know, ex, I guess I want to say a good quality episode where you got a lot of information out of it and it was helpful for you i'm really trying to give my audience something that they can use and it will help them whether it's influencing them to see somebody uh, making a bold step finding safety anything like that is is always good if you would like to get in touch with me, if you want to have, if you're something you want to say, uh, maybe you want to be a guest on my podcast, or you just want to say thank you, you know, there are a number of ways you can contact me. Uh, you can get a hold of me through Twitter. Um, I am, it's podcast, uh, Traumatized Podcast. Uh, I think it's Traumatized PC, excuse me. Uh, I'm on Mastodon. I'm also on Threads. I'm just getting into Blue Sky, but I haven't completely set that up yet. You can email me. It is traumatizedpodcast2023 at gmail.com. My website, you can go to, you can contact me there, but there's all kinds of information at the website, uh, www.traumatizedpodcast.link, L-I-N-K. My episodes are on YouTube. I'm eventually going to have all of them on there, but I have quite a few episodes, so it's going to take some time. I have most of my newest episodes on YouTube. So all you got to do is search for Traumatized Podcast and you'll find them there. All right. Have a great day. Be safe, and I shall talk to you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs>